Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to Starbucks. I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo. With me, we got Jim Rosati. Jim, happy Monday. Good morning to you. It's super early where you're at, but appreciate you being on. Yeah, no, good morning. I'm in the, I'm, I'm an hour behind you, so it's central time, so it's 6 a.m. for me. So that's just the kind of dedication that I have to this program. And it's I mean, Tuesday. it's true. It's not Monday. And it is Tuesday. Yeah, we couldn't come on yesterday because you're actually on a flight to get there. So now that you are there and it's 6 a.m. here, we are together once again talking buckos. I, this is a good show. You know why it's a good show, Jim? Why? Because the Pirates are 10 and 7. <laughs> it is April 18th right now. The Pirates are 10 and 7. They're playing good baseball. They've won 13 to 4. I'm sorry, 14 to 3 last night. Against the Colorado Rockies, I feel like this is like the theme. Rewind a year ago, what were we talking about? That's why it's a good show because we're actually having good shows. Yeah, I mean, po doing post game shows are fun. Um, watching the actual games is fun. Um, last night's game was extremely fun. Um, yeah, it's. it's uh, I mean, the reason why you watch the Pirates is to to be entertained, and they are entertaining right now. So, yeah, so far, so good. Super entertaining, for sure. So let's get into our show today. Uh, we're going to talk a few things. We'll talk about the starting pitching. It's, that's doing very well so far. We'll talk about my boy, our boy, Rodolfo Castro. Let's talk about this upcoming schedule that the Pirates are facing, which makes you feel maybe more optimistic about uh, April. So let's do our first shot. So as mentioned, the starting pitching. So last night was their seventh quality start in a row, Jim. The starting pitching, by the way, the one that was hurt by JT Brubaker, the one that, you know, had some depth, but we were, you know, still unsure about it. Added Vince Velasquez, Rich Hill, 43-year-old Rich Hill. What's going to happen? You know, Mitch Keller, is he really going to keep turning the page? We got something cooking here. I know it's early. I keep saying it's early. It's April. Everything's always preference with it's early. But let's talk about the starting pitch we got so far. Yeah, I mean, this is something – it doesn't matter if it's early or if it's late. I mean, seven consecutive quality starts in a row at any point in the year uh, is a good sign. And it means you're going to win some baseball games. So, uh, yeah, anytime your starters can, can go past that sixth inning or at least get you there. You know, we talked about it um, on, I think it was Sunday's postgame show, like, the goal here is to get the ball to Holderman and Bednar, right? So if you can make it so that there's not a lot of space in between starting pitcher and Holderman Bednar, you've, you've accomplished your mission. So 
so far so good. And uh, yeah, seven consecutive quality starts. Two of those are Rich Hill after a lot of people were ready to write him off after his first two starts, which I don't really understand why people were doing that. But um, yeah, two by Rich Hill. Everybody's contributing. Rich Hill, Vince Velasquez, they've all been a part of that. So uh, it's not just the guys that we you know kind of hoped to be good or, or we're hoping to rely on. It's everybody stepping up and yeah, they're going deep into ball games, which just takes so much off of that bullpen. Because if you remember last year, this yes. exact same time, the only way this team was winning baseball games was starting pitcher came out after four innings, bullpen came in, and it was Dylan Peters or Will Crow throwing like three scoreless innings of relief, giving the time to catch up. Yeah. Like that was that was like the only recipe they had to win games last season, um, and this year you're seeing completely different kind of um, structure or or kind of a, a game plan of how they're how they're winning games, and it's 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 working a lot better this way. Let's just say that. Yes. Also, mind you, something you know we discussed a year ago, right? When was the first pitching win last year? Was it like April 29th? We found out it was. Or like maybe it took, or something like that. Yeah, it took like a month for a starting pitcher to get a win. So There's five. Solid. We have five starting pitcher wins so far. Every actually every starter has a win so far this year. So again, we're talking about the difference. You know, not the fact that they're pitching well, but you said like they can pitch deep in the games. They were just disqualified. It seemed like every time last year because they never even went to the fifth. <laughs> like it was like four innings. Right. You're yeah. out of here. Yeah. There goes your you know chance at even getting a win. Uh, so right, you know they're actually pitching semi-deep in the games for right now have a competent enough bullpen it's still not a great bullpen but it's competent right now uh to get you to hold him in as mentioned in bednar who of course bednar just looks outstanding but yeah like the starting pitching is doing real mitch keller so far you know let, just talking about him real briefly he, he looks like the guy that you were hoping for right you saw last year you're kind of expecting hoping to see this so far so good with him uh, as far as rich hill goes right he had the two starts that weren't so great to begin with. He is 43 years old. He did have a shortened spring. Didn't have a whole lot there because of whatever. It was injury, right? Well, now I forget what was wrong with him. Um, are you talking about last year? No, in the spring. Oh, he was sick or something, oh. wasn't he? Didn't get like – I forget. Either way, he didn't have make like all his starts. Um, and then Johan Oviedo – this that doesn't look like Johan Oviedo, not the guy that we we're expecting. I mean, he's playing lights out right now. He starts today also, so two back to back, really, really crisp starts. I'm very anxious to see what it looks like today in Colorado. Uh, and then right, like Rowanzi, kind of still looks Rowanzi, but it's good enough. And then Vince Velasquez. I know he had that <clears throat> excuse me, a very very bad outing, but he blamed a lot of that on that ankle. Came out last time and pitched very well. So again, like this starting pitching. It's either basically what you expected or better, and mostly better. Yeah, I don't know if there's anybody underperforming no. <laughs> right now. I guess you could say that like you're not maybe impressed with what you see out of Contreras yet. Like from a, you know, he doesn't he doesn't look like super crisp or anything, but he's getting the results, which is really all at the end of the day that matters. Um, yeah, it's just it everyone. I mean, seven consecutive quality starts is impressive, no matter who you're talking about. And, yeah, Oviedo, who's starting tonight, he's put together 
some some really nice outings so far this year. Uh, I I am actually a little interested to see how he does tonight because he relies a lot on that slider, and you've seen sometimes where the thin air of Denver, maybe that slider doesn't have the bite that it normally has. So right. will that have some sort of an effect on him? So that's maybe something to watch tonight. But yeah, overall, really just across the board, and it it helps out the bullpen. Like that's that's the biggest issue here because going into this year the bullpen was a pretty big question mark and the starters have really taken that pressure off of the bullpen. When, when, when those guys don't have to go multiple innings every night, when they don't have to go out there and, and, and hold down the fort because, you know, the starter can keep the team in the game. So the, the relievers have to go out there and throw zeros just to have a chance to win. Like everybody's pitching in the role that they're supposed to, when the starters are going well. Yes, for sure. Uh, I do have to take something back. Scott says, isn't Vinny V going today? You know, my bad. I jumped to the wrong date. It is Velasquez tonight. Oviedo is tomorrow. <laughs> there you go. But tonight is Vince Velasquez. Uh, yeah. Same thing applies where I'm intrigued to see what he does because I'm trying to have an open mind with him. I know the first start was not good, but there was reason to understand why. Um, the last start was was good, so let's see what he does today. He's like the wild card, you know. I know yeah. he's brought in this offseason. <laughs> Alex, when we had Alex Sumpfon, he said there was something going on with him. That there's some of the pirates saw out of him. So again, that's where I'm keeping like my open mind with it because again, I understand I've been harsh on Oscar Marine, but he has brought in some veterans that you're like I don't know about this, and he has turned them around and made them you know pretty productive. So. If that's Vince Velasquez this year, so be it. Yeah, you've been a bit more critical on Marine than yeah. I have. But um, <laughs> hopefully that's something I can hold over your head at the end of the year if this keeps up. But, Lord knows you will. <laughs> but no, I mean, same thing with Velasquez. We, we talk all the time about him. The, the, the key there is just consistency. Like we, we know that he's capable of putting together starts like he did last week. It's just a matter of can you repeat it and do it multiple times. Uh, because he hasn't really been able to do that in the past. Like he can, he can, he can do really nice things every now and then. But the key there is consistency. So, so yeah, can he can he put together another good outing today? Because typically, what we've seen from him is not that kind of consistency. So yeah, right, for sure. All right. So again, as mentioned, starting pitch. I don't know what Denardo happened there, but um, yeah, that, that'll probably do it there for our starting pitching talk. Um, let's move over to <laughs> look at you. You're a mess, man. You're a mess. Just jumping off streams left and right. Right. No, I actually, what I just wanted to do I, again, this mouse, I flicked it. I just wanted to go as far as starting pitching um, as a unit, 91 innings pitched, 4.53 ERA. So it's basically league, league average. Yeah, and that and that seems about right. They've had a couple blow up blow up games mm -hmm. between Hill again. Though we're talking years. about a league average pitching staff. Yeah, let's rewind a year ago. <laughs> All right. Yep. Anything else you want to talk about as far as the uh, pitching staff goes? No. Nope. Let's get into uh, let's get into the schedule maybe. All right. So we 
touched on this like a little bit last night. I did want to talk a little more about today with us. Um, you know, the Pirates are 10 and 7 right now in Colorado, having a three game series with them. And then they go home, play the Reds, four game series. The Reds, right? I mean, listen, the Pirates are something like some juggernaut to talk about, but it's the Reds. They're not playing too well today. And then in the LA, then they finish up with the Nationals for the month of April. So there are 10 and 7, two more games against Colorado, four against the Reds, three against the Dodgers, three against the Nationals. There's a very, very good chance they could finish the month of April, which was this grueling schedule that was mentioned of. It's pretty tough. You had the Cardinals, the Red Sox, the Astros, the White Sox, the Dodgers. You know, like for a team that's not so good, doesn't have the greatest pitching, you know, they might come out of here. Who knows? We're going to be seven games under 500. What's going to happen? Jim, looking pretty optimistic. They might have not just a winning record, but they could really potentially have quite a few games above 500 end of April. So what do you think about this? Yeah, they've kind of gotten through this first really rough patch, right? Where they had, you know, Houston and St. Louis, they got through that, um, you know, and, and, and did okay. You know, they took three out of seven against those two. Uh, it was really the damage they did against Boston and, and the White Sox that kind of set them up in a really good spot here. Uh, but but yeah, you mentioned the the immediate schedule here coming up, Colorado and St. Louis, uh, Colorado and Cincinnati. So two teams that the Pirates should be better than. Um, they did the job last night against Colorado, just dominated them in a pretty impressive fashion. Um, you know, they've got the two games remaining against them and then the four against the Reds. This is kind of where if, if the Pirates really want to take that step forward, Stretches like these is how they do that over the course of a 162-game season, right? You're going to have these stretches of games where, like, you got to stack some wins. You got to stack some wins against these teams that aren't as good as you. And this is a perfect opportunity for the Pirates, these these seven games against the Rockies and the Reds. If they're if they're good and they want to – they really want to take those, those steps, you got to win at least four of these seven. Right. And winning five out of seven puts you in a really, really good spot going into uh, going into the end of this month and going into May. So, uh, yeah, th- that series against um, the Dodgers, you know, that's that's going to be tough. But then you got the Nationals right after it. So, you know, it kind of a, is a wash there. Yeah. If you can really take advantage of these next seven games, though, you know, last night and then the, the next six. This team can be in a really good spot at the end of this month. For sure. And, and again, like this is what we're talking about. The, the 2023 Pittsburgh Pirates. A couple of things. They're they're not that good. They're not, you're not thinking like, you know, playoffs with them, but you're looking for improvement. But this is also why that you, you know, you came in this season and said, like, hey, like there are real reasons to believe this team is a 70 plus win team. You know, the, the reasons the the made the changes they made this offseason, uh, you know, there's a competent lineup. Get some improvement from you know some of the bullpen, some of the the starting, and it's what we're seeing right now. This is like this is weird. I, I want to talk to you a little bit about this. Like I don't know if this will, but you're talking you know take five out of seven in these next games. Go against the Dodgers. I'm just saying, like if this team comes out say five games above 500 in the month of April, okay, they're playing some really good ball. They're still up first, second, you know, the top half in the NL and such. Um. Does this maybe does this maybe change anything on some timelines for people? Does, does do you think Charrington 
even attempts to maybe say, let's get aggressive in the month of May. Let's see what happens. Does Indy come up maybe quicker than you think? Does I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm going to stick with no. I think um, I think Ben Charrington probably has a little bit more self-discipline than, than like you and I or any average fan would in this situation. Um, and that's a that's not necessarily a good thing because I think Andy Rodriguez should be up here, but that's you know a whole other conversation. Now I'm going to go ahead and say that really the start of the season doesn't have much of an effect on personnel decisions. Yeah, I, I I'm going to go with a no. Charrington will basically use that as an excuse to say, "Well, you know what's working right now is is working right now. I don't really, <laughs> you know, there's no rush." So yeah, I. I mean, it's a good question. One for three with an RBI and a walk. Why would I put Endy in there? Right. Yeah. I mean, Austin Hedges just had, you know, a hit, Donardo. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't I don't foresee that. I mean, yeah, no. I think June, mid-June still the expected date for, for someone like Andy Rodriguez. Fair I enough. I want to get your hopes up. I am with you. I think April is way too early. But I would. I'm glad the team is putting like that pressure. Yeah. Do you have any? This is all early reaction, right? But do you have any thought or any any hope you could have like a 2022 Baltimore Orioles out of this team right now? Are they yeah. are they there yet? You think? I think this team is certainly like if a lot of things go right, which one big thing already hasn't gone right. And that's O'Neill Cruz has gone down, right? They're, they've played well this net, this first week without him, but you know, can they sustain that over 120 games? I don't know. Probably not. Um, is probably not is probably the answer. Uh, but a, if a lot of things go well, they certainly have the capability to piece together a low eighties, win total like they're the talents there it could happen um a lot of stuff has to go well like the starting pitching staff has to continue to pitch like they have this past week the bullpen needs to continue to 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 shut down people and overperform what we've expected um the people stepping in for for Cruz, especially castro like they need to continue this this pace and we'll get into castro here in a bit but uh yeah i i think that it's there's a slight possibility, but I would still say this team is likely, you know, 75-ish wins. I think that's kind of still where we're at. But once you get to that that place where you're a 75-ish win team, stuff happens over the course of 162-game season. If you steal seven games, then with the extra playoff spot, you're you're in the conversation until the end of the year. Yeah. I feel like I'm with you. There's there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic, you know, and again, we're talking about Kutch, how like great he looks in the point of time and such, but he is 36, to be honest. You know, Carlos Santana is old, older. He's already getting banged up, <laughs> it seems, in the field and such. You know, we're already seeing, like you said, uh, you know, O'Neill Cruz is down for quite some time. Choi's, you know, he's already feeling pain in his Achilles. He's out for a little bit of time. Rich Hill 
who knows what's going to happen to him. He's going to get injured at some point in time as well. So I feel like things are going right at this point in time. And this is like to be the Debbie Downer as well. But if you're looking at this realistically, this is a very, very good spot for the Pirates right now. This is a good, a good run. You know, if they had this run like in the middle of June and they started off how you typically would, you probably wouldn't think too much differently. Just, oh, it's a good stretch, right? It's just happening right now. I'm saying enjoy this while it's lasting. And I'm not saying it's going to go away either too. But I think they're kind of playing out of their heads right now. Like everything's clicking for this team. And not, not to say like things can't keep going, but right, like Castro has like a 160 way around career plus. Like so does Kutch, you know. Um, Connor Joe too. Like all those Connor guys. Joe. Yeah. The only guy that didn't get a hit last night. Uh, so like I'm with you as well. I think this is also why Charrington is going to slow play his cards with Endy and such and not rush them up because he had a good April. But it's certainly something to talk about. I, I feel like a lot of people are probably thinking this right now and talking about it. And it's like, you know, if they do go through April and the way they're playing right now, is, is, is the playoffs there? You know, is this team really good? And I think that's that's kind of disadvantage is they're good. I mean, mentally, they're a much different place right now than they were last year. But uh, I'm with you. I don't really think this team, and I could be wrong, and it's fine. But I don't think this team has it in them right now to be like the Orioles last year. The Orioles were just very, very talented too. That bullpen just really came together. I don't know if I see the same talent this year with the like the Orioles. Yeah, the Orioles just had like random dudes who could just came in and all of a sudden they were throwing 102 with like 95 mile an hour sliders that were like unhittable. So <clears throat> yeah, I don't know if there's any of that here. Right. Uh, that's that's a good point. And and that that is kind of the differentiator between like if you're talking about a team who's going to, who's got to steal some games and win, win close games. Cause I think the way you, the way you take a 75 win team and you turn them into an 82 to 84 win team is you've got to win those one run games. Like those, those close games that are 50, 50 toss ups, you've got to be on the right side of those. And the way you get on the right side of those is with a dominating. Bullpen. That's that, that's how we saw that pirate success of the, 2013s 14s and 15s like those were very good teams but those teams had unbelievable bullpens where once you got them to the seventh inning they were shutting it down like they were that game was that game was over like that's how good those bullpens were so this team I, i i there's some good players in the back half of this bullpen not quite to that level yet where they're where you can kind of say all right game's over in the seventh inning we're not we're not quite there yet and I think that is how you get to that level where you're where you're stealing more games than you should. And so, yeah, that's that's kind of the differentiator there. But if the starting pitching keeps performing, sometimes the bullpen doesn't matter as much. So we'll see. There you go. Yeah. All right. I'm leaning towards a no on that. Fair enough. And I think that's very smart and realistic way to look at it. So let's get to our last topic here. Rodolfo Castro, baby. You know, you made such a good point when O'Neill Cruz went down. It sucks. You know, we talked next man up, and you're like, somebody's going to have to, whether they piece it together, but someone's going to have to step up. And boy, oh boy, Rodolfo Castro, who was struggling in spring, struggling to begin the season, but wasn't getting a whole lot of at bats, came in, replaced O'Neill Cruz at short. And since that moment, Jim, he's had a hit every game. He's balled out. 
this isn't me saying Rodolfo Casho is better than Ono Cruz. But what I am saying is you asked that and said someone has to replace him and someone has to step up. He is performing so far better than Ono Cruz. So that's where we're staying right now. Rodolfo, Rodolfo Castro is like if I said last night, if Castro, I'm sorry, if Cruz was doing what Castro is doing right now, we would be saying, oh, wow, look at Ono Cruz and how good Ono Cruz is playing. And yet this is Rodolfo, Rodolfo Castro. Um, I can't talk enough about this. I've been uber, you know, maybe not uber, but very excited, intrigued by his talents. And boy, is it coming together for him right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, you just said it like if, if O'Neill Cruz put this stretch together over seven games, we would be talking about it and, and talking about how hot he is and how good he looks at the plate. Since O'Neill Cruz went down, Rodolfo Castro has started seven games. He's hitting 435 in those seven games. He's got a 552 on base percentage and a 652 slugging percentage. Weighted runs created plus of 225 for, for the week, essentially. Um, he is crushing the ball. Uh, shortstop play could maybe be a little bit better defensively, but you know you could also say the same thing when Cruz is out there. So I, I don't really know if you're missing much there. But offensively, Castro has really stepped up, and he's taken that production that you would hope to see from, from Cruz, and he's done it this last week. So really good to see. Now, is he going to be able to keep up this pace? <laughs> no, but... Uh, if if he can continue to be productive, then that's a big missing piece that you know the Pirates need. If the Pirates really needed someone to step up, and he's he's done it in a big way. Yeah. I, again, like with Castro, he's doing everything. You know, I, I can't talk enough about the approach. He's he's staying patient. He's getting walks. He's and he's also getting hit. This last night is his third hit by pitch. I don't know, maybe he's got a little Starling Marte in him. I mean, he certainly has the aggressiveness of Starling Marte. So, but mm -hmm. like, that's why I still don't like really know how to make, make him. I'm very positive and very intrigued, but you know, we jokingly talk about the two pitch violations that got him on first. He could have drew a walk. I mean, they're both full counts. He could have drew the walk. Uh, three hit by pitches. So, like, his on base is definitely weighted heavily with those five events. But then, like last night, he had a 423 foot flyout, Jim. So that's why I joke. It, it, it's even. We're even now. I mean, that was a home run. Anywhere else, that's a home run, basically. He crushed it. Yeah. And it, it, it was an out. That's how it shows up. But like this guy, this kid, I, it just seems like everything's clicking. Like it's there. And I'm, I know he has to prove himself and he has to show the next four months. But it's like I'm even so much more intrigued and excited now when Cruz comes back. This is the middle infield we're talking about of what could Cruz and Castro be? And you're seeing the way Castro's playing now. I'm sure like it's going to calm down a bit, but he looks like a complete, for the most part, player. Cruz and Castro middle infield, like does that not excite you even more right now? Yeah, I mean, it's exciting, especially when you see the skill set. Like, like Castro, we've talked about Castro's skills and his athleticism and, and, you know, what he's doing, what he does out there on a baseball field. When it all comes together like this, it's just fun. It's fun to watch. Uh, he's a very streaky player. You know, we've kind of seen that in the past, too. So 
you've got to kind of just really like when, when he's riding high, like he is right now, you've got to really ride, ride that high. Um, you, you've got to enjoy him because, because you know that at some point he's going to, he's going to struggle. He just kind of has, um, and this isn't to be like a Debbie Downer type on this conversation, but you know, Castro is going to, to the league's going to adjust to see to Castro playing now. And, and he's going to struggle for a little bit. It's just kind of what, what happens in baseball. Uh, but yeah, if he can, take that step up like we were hoping he doesn't have to play like this but if he can if he can improve from his last season which was good like he finished last year and he ended up having a pretty solid season overall but if he can improve upon that over the course of this year then we're talking about okay we really got something here maybe this is our second baseman you know and and we we don't really have to necessarily rely on the guys in the minors who quite frankly are kind of underperforming, you know, those middle infielders that you were kind of hoping to rely on in the future, all kind of underperforming, um, not really who we thought they were potentially, but yeah, I mean, it's hard to not get excited about Castro, especially when he's playing like this. Things I want to point out again, so far, 10.4% walk rate, 22.9% strikeout rate. Grant, 49 or 48 plate appearances, right? So it's a small sample in a sense, but like he is, he, he was much of a free swinger. You know, 30% strikeout rate is something you probably would think he'd be close to. Right now, the strikeouts are way down and the walks are way up. Now, is that kind of sustainable? Probably normalized. I, I feel like the walks, walks are going to come down, but like he has been into a full count, I swear, like every other at bat, it feels. And that's what I love the most about Castro. Mm-hmm. Last year, he's probably seeing three pitches. <laughs> yeah, you know, he was either striking was out or making always, contact and getting it out. Yeah, the approach wasn't always the best. So, I, I, again, like this is something that we talked about with Cruz as well. Like, it seems like there's a real fundamental change in some of these players, and that's part of it. And Casho is following that philosophy, and it's working out really well for him so far. Um, and yeah, like, I'm encouraged, I'm intrigued, just keep seeing this and how it's going to continue. But he has, so we talked about too, like this is a huge opportunity. What happened with Cruz is very unfortunate, but it's creating a great opportunity for he and Bay. And so far, Castro has just taken it and dominated so far. So, yeah, I mean, he's going to have another, what, 15 weeks or so to prove himself. And uh, like, yeah, so far, so good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just, he's been real fun to watch. Um, extremely productive. Can't really say much more. Like, like if he can, if he can continue, like I said, making the improvements year over year, that's going to be a big, big help to these, these four months without Cruz. Like that's, that's really what it comes down to. Like if he can take that step up, that, that will help. Right. Cause they need, they needed someone to step up. Cool, cool. So, so far we have a competent starting pitcher. We have a Hall of Fame player that replaced O'Neill Cruz. And the Pirates are going <laughs> to the Pirates going to win the next ten out of thirteen, and and he's getting called up. Correct? Yeah, yeah. How about this? If the no, if the Pirates win ten out of thirteen, <laughs> and he's still not getting called up, like he's it's not happening. Right, I agree. All right, so let's get out of here then. And then unless there's anything else that you want to touch on, real quick. No, I think that I think that wraps it up. Listen, hopefully we have a, a fun week of winning baseball. 
ahead of us. Same. Cool. Well, then we'll get out of here. Um, as we do today, two o'clock, Cody will be on playing MLB the show. So if that's your thing. Come watch Cody. He's going to, of course, be playing the Pirates. Um, he's a big Mark Mathias fan on the show. Mark Mathias coming off the four game, <laughs> four hit game. So uh, expect big things from Mark Mathias on MLB the show today as well. Yeah. I'll even say this, even if it's not your thing, because it wasn't my thing before. Like I was like, who wants to watch people play video games? But it's actually it, it's pretty entertaining. So if it, even if you don't know if you'd like it, give it a shot. It's it's fun. It's 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 entertaining. Yeah, I want to say even like you with um outside the the park, Cody kind of involves everyone in the stream making some decisions who to start with not. So yeah, if you're not you're just watching, you're also part of the experience. And then you yeah. can make fun of Cody because he plays on like extra rookie level and yeah, definitely easy to make fun of Cody. <laughs> yeah, also just because it's easy to make fun of Cody. But all right, right. Well, let's get out of here. But appreciate you all watching. We'll see you guys later. Bye bye. See you guys. Hey, you all. Thank you for watching. I know we try to provide the most entertaining content that we can, uh, and we'd love to spread it to as many people as possible. So uh, I know it doesn't seem like a lot, but if you could take the five seconds to like this video and subscribe to the page, it helps out so much more than you know. Thank you, and let's go Bucks.